Welcome to the Better Wallet Podcast, a podcast where we talk to everyday people who have changed their lives through managing their money. We talk about their money journeys, the good, the bad, and the ugly. At least once a month, we'll have a new episode where you can learn how to manage your money better. We're going to be simplifying the money-related topics that keep people up at night, including budgeting, paying off debt, investing, and how to build a business. The goal is to make money a less taboo, everyday topic. Now here's your host, Mark Russell. What's good, y'all? Welcome to the next episode of the Barrel Web Podcast. As you guys know, the Barrel Web Podcast is all about demystifying the topic of money and sharing powerful money stories from people who truly beat the odds. Today, we're going to do another solo episode because there's a lot of changes that are happening at Capitol Hill that I want you guys to know about before they are actually implemented and Each one of these different changes have a direct impact to what you do every single day and how you go about investing. So with that, let's get into it. So there are a lot of different changes that are happening and it's all a part of the Secure Act 2.0, I want to say legislation that has legislation that has been passed by President Biden as of the end of last year. You might be asking, what the fuck Secure Act 2.0? So it stands for, it's an acronym, it stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement, right? Setting Every Community Up for Retirement retirement Enhancement. As I mentioned, it's a legislation focused on expanding and enhancing the retirement investing landscape within the United States. It is a part of a 1.7, again, $1.7 trillion, $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill. Omnibus means um, basically a, a pretty large bill that they are trying to pass through that has a lot of different changes in there for a lot of different diverse subjects, right? So if you think back to Schoolhouse Rock, right, you have the bill which the bill comes from the people, right? It's from, you know, just people like you and I who are talking to our representatives from the state. The state then, the state representative then takes it to the um, to the House of Representatives. And then from there, hopefully it gets passed. If it does, it goes to the Senate. And if it passes both the House and the Senate, it's said to be passed by Congress, which is the two groups combined. And then it works its way to the president. And that could take a lot of time. A lot of bills don't make it to the president. I think I looked at a stat. It was 1% of all bills actually make it the whole way to the president. So, of course, this is something that's really important. And, of course, I'm really happy that they were able to pass it through. But anyway, when it comes to the bill, again, $1.7 trillion spending bill. This Secure Act 2.0 is a part of that. You might be asking, what is what's all involved in the Secure Act 2.0? So I'll start by saying that the changes that I'm about to go over, or at least the topics, they are going to go into effect as of 2024. So as of this recording, it's 2023. So these changes won't go into effect until next year, but as of right now, it's January. So a lot of the different organizations that might be impacted by this, they have a good year to figure it all out. So SECURE Act 2.0, again, SECURE stands for setting every community up for retirement enhancement. There's changes to RMD roles, which is really big for retirees. Basically, RMDs are required minimum distribution. So 
when you turn a certain age, you're required to take a certain portion of your money out of your retirement account. And the government wants you to do that because they basically want the tax dollars, right? Like they want to get paid from it if you were to not take the money out and, you know, if, and then eventually you go off and, you know, pass away, those would have been years that they could have had tax revenue. So they require you to take out RMDs. So some of the rules are changing with that related to how much you need to take out and when. I'm not going to get into really any of these, but I will get into the last one that I go over. So there is there are some changes to the catch-up rules. So after 50 years old, you are able to contribute more to your 401k or retirement plans than you would if you were 49 or less than 50. There's some changes there. There's some pretty big changes within the student loan repayment space. And there's also one change that I love regarding 529 and be able to roll over unused funds over to a Roth IRA. Hopefully I could do an episode on that into the future. But the one that I want to talk about is specifically related to matching because out of all the ones that I just mentioned, and there's some other ones that I did not mention, this one I think directly impacts your everyday. Here's why. So let's kind of start with a story first. I think it will help round out everything that I'm about to go over. So when I was at Vanguard, so I was at Vanguard 2012 through 2018-ish, I, for the majority of the time that I was there, I thought they only had a traditional 401k. Traditional means that you put the money in before tax, the money grows tax-free, and then when you take the money out at 59 and a half, which the IRS deems as being the time that you could take the money out and not incur a 10% penalty, when you take the money out, it's taxed. Right, A Roth 401k means that you're basically doing all the same things, but here are the big two changes. You put the money in after tax, so you already paid taxes on that money. The money grows tax-free. And then when you take the money out of 59 and a half, you don't have to pay any taxes on that, which could save you thousands and thousands of dollars. So if all your money within was within Roth, like you have a Roth IRA or Roth 401k or whatever, you could basically take the money out in retirement and not pay any taxes on it after the taxes that you pay when you put it back in, when you put the money in, right? So if you are putting the money into a Roth 401k and you have a lower tax rate now, let's say you're younger and you have a pretty low tax rate, it might be better to do that than paying taxes later down the road where you might be a retiree and say, hey, like, I'm going to spend all my money. Like, I haven't had a chance to spend my money throughout my entire life, right? You know, I was making 50000 back when I was 22, and I'm making 100000 now because I'm taking $100,000 out of my account. If you think that might be a scenario, it might make sense to, you know, get taxed now at a younger age than when you are about to retire. So I wanted to kind of put that out there and give an idea of like what direction I'm going in. Now, when I switch over to a Roth 401k, I got really excited and I was like, oh, like, let me go ahead and do this. I switch over to a Roth 401k, meaning I took my, the current dollars that were going into the, the Roth, I'm sorry, the money that was currently going into a traditional 401k and I switched it over to a Roth 401k. So all future contributions were going into a Roth 401k. 
I was also getting a 5% match from Vanguard. So Vanguard was very generous when it came down to their benefits. So I'm getting the 5% match. I'm putting 5% in. Here's a challenge, right? Remember all the benefits I just talked to you about regarding Roth? When you are putting currently, if you're putting money into a Roth 401k, your employer, if they're matching, will do pre-tax dollars into a traditional 401k, right? So two two separate buckets. One is the match, pre-tax money. The other one is Roth dollars, tax money that you're putting in, right? For people like me, where I'm like super type A, I love just having everything within one account, but having two separate accounts is, you know, pretty annoying to me. Not only that, but when you are like, let's say, you know, when I left Vanguard, I had a 401k, a traditional 401k and a Roth 401k and had to roll it over to a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. So that was annoying. I still have them, but you know, it was annoying because I would rather it all be one, all within one bucket. So here is the big change that Secure Act 2.0 is introducing. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to discuss one of the biggest crises we're facing today. The crisis is the lack of financial literacy. When you made your first paycheck, did anyone tell you what to do with it? Probably not. This is why 63% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And get this, half of which make more than six figures. So what I did was I took my expertise as a retired financial advisor and industry professional to give you a complete financial checklist that you can use to get your finances in order in less than 10 minutes. It's completely free and I have a link in my show notes. I want you to take complete command of your financial future this year and this checklist is going to help you get started. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Moving forward, you know, as of 2024, your employer is going to have the option of not using traditional 401k or using pre-tax money for the match. They can instead use Roth money in order to in order to, you know, give you your match. Right. So to say it again, you're putting in Roth dollars. They're going to be able to match with Roth dollars. So all be within one account, I would assume, unless it's two separate accounts, but there still be Roth dollars, you know, all within one account, all within one bucket versus having two separate buckets. Right. So that is a big change, really big change. Another part of the Secure Act 2.0 as it relates to, you know, what I'm going after you also, the money that is going in that is Roth will also be 100% vested. That is a big deal, everyone. Why is it a big deal? It's a big deal because normally when you are putting money into a 401k and that money is being matched, not only is it, you know, pre-tax money back in, you know, I guess now and, you know, before 2023, but you also have to wait normally a certain amount of period, a certain amount of time before you actually own that money, right? So when I was at Vanguard, it was six years. I had to wait six years before I completely owned all that money. And any year prior to those six years, I own less. So let's say I didn't stay at Vanguard for the amount of years that I did, exactly six. Let's say I left after two years. 
I might only own 20 to 40% of that money, which in the grand scheme of things is not a fun thing, right? Like you want to own all that money. Like I worked hard. It's a part of my benefit package. I wish I owned all of it, but it's kind of like a carrot and a stick that they have, right? They want you to stay longer because they want to make sure that they're getting a return on their investment. You can't jump after a couple of years and then run away with not only your salary that you they paid you, but also the money that they were putting into your 401k or you know, some of your benefits. That's the reason why they have what they call a vesting period. And every company is different. You know, Vanguard is four. I worked at a company where it was immediate, where day one, it was automatically invest, automatically vested. I worked at a company where it was, I believe it was like two years. So you have to check with your benefits office to see how or what your vesting schedule, what it looks like. And if you're curious about all that, I do have some information in my financially bulletproof checklist, which is completely free and it's in the show notes if you are curious, but you want to check with your benefits office. So given that is 100% vested, you know, going into 2024, that's a really big deal. Here's why. I mean, I was actually crunching the numbers the other day and I put it on my Instagram page just so people understood how big of a deal it really was. Because sometimes when you talk about legislation and all this stuff, people might get bored of it and it might not be as engaging because we're sitting down and we're talking about just things that are happening within Congress, which can be incredibly boring. I agree. But once you start adding the numbers to you know a pretty simple change like this, it really comes to light. So I'll read it off directly so, so you guys understand the impact of this relatively, you know, quote unquote, small change, which I think is a big deal. Let's say you make $70,000 a year and you contribute 4% of your salary. Again, this is you know, what I posted online on Instagram. Uh, you, you contribute 4% of your salary to a Roth IRA. I should say a Roth 401k to your Roth 401k. And your employer matches with their own 4% contribution. So in total, you're putting in 8% of your salary per year into this Roth 401k. That would be, you guys can write this down, $634,000 in tax-free money after 30 years, assuming average market rates. And if you do this for 40 years, you will have $1.4 million to spend in retirement that's completely tax-free, right? So again, this is all assuming average market rate. So, you know, from now until 30 years, from now until 40 years, you know, just using a basic future value calculator, you find that you're going to make a lot, well, you're going to make a lot of money just from the growth and the interest, but all that money is going to be tax-free, using this change. If this change never happened, you would have your Roth dollars and you also have the money that your company contributed, which would be pre-tax. So when you are you know, on your beach in Barbados or wherever you decide to retire, you have to pull money from your Roth 401k. And then you also have to pull money from your traditional 401k, or I guess they would both be IRAs at that point, in order to fund your lifestyle. And you would have to pay taxes on the pre-tax dollars and not the Roth dollars. But with this change, and if you do it right, there is a potential that you could have completely tax-free dollars. So that is big. That is a big deal. I'm really happy that you made that change. And again, there's a lot of other changes that came along 
with not the Secure Act, not only the Secure Act 2.0, but also with the 1.7 trillion spending bill. So feel free to go online and learn a little bit more about what the changes could be going to some of it is being implemented this year, some of it being implemented next year. But I want you guys to learn more about that because a lot of this stuff is incredibly important. And as I talk about all the time, like money is political. A lot of these changes came because there's a lot of people that were able to voice their opinion. A lot of rich people were able to voice their opinion to get these changes made because they feel like it was going to advantage them and people around them. Whatever that might be for them, because they voiced their opinion, they were able to get this bill. The bill was able to become a law. So this big change is coming from people voicing their opinions. And I want you to do the same thing. Not only talking to your representatives at your various states for changes that you want to be made, you know, write them, call them, whatever it might take, but also voice your opinion for these changes. As I mentioned, this is optional. Your company does not need, well, as of right now, from how I read it, you don't, they don't have to go and make these changes. They don't need to match. First and foremost, they don't need to match at all if they don't want to. I think they should because, you know, you're competing with some of the best talent out there in the world. Hopefully you have a match because that would keep me from coming to your company and a lot of other people. But also it's optional for them to match with Roth dollars unless you let your voice be heard. A lot of the great companies out there, if you work for a great company, I'm sure it's going to be a no-brainer for them and say, hey, like I'm going to do it. But you want to make sure that you are communicating this to your benefits office, send them this podcast, send them whatever, you know, an article or the impact of, you know, be able to contribute your match in Roth dollars, do whatever it takes for them to understand the impact because I'm sure they're not looking at this the same way that we are, right? So that's number one, let your voice be heard, make sure your benefits office knows about the change and then also talk through the impact to not only you, but for your fellow colleagues. And then just you know, when this does come up, which it will, and let's say your company says, hey, like, we're going to go and do it, make the change. Make the change if it fits your goals, right? I don't want to give a blanketed, hey, like, you should be contributing to a Roth 401k because I don't know what you should be doing with your finances. I'm just giving you options, right? For your specific finances, I'm just giving you options. But if it does fit your goal, if you are a person who says, I'm not making as much money now as I will when I am retired. Meaning that if you're making, I don't know, $70,000 now and in retirement, you think that you're going to be taking out $100,000 per year for living expenses, like I probably will because I plan on just retiring at a beach and just spending all my money and just having a boat and all types of lavish things. You know, if you feel like you're in that camp where you are making, where you think you're going to be making less money now versus into the future, you know, taking out of your 401ks or your IRAs, then a Roth 401k might be an option for you. If you believe that you're going to be making more money now, hence, you know, kind of tax more now versus when you are in retirement, then it might make sense to stick with a traditional. But let it be known that if you are putting money into a Roth 401k, this may be an option to the future. And if it fits your goals, 
definitely try to take advantage of it. So check with your benefits office, see how you go about making the changes. It should be pretty quick and easy because they have an entire year to go about implementing it. So hopefully it's pretty seamless. But this is a, as I mentioned, guys, this is a big change. This is a really big change with a lot of other big changes I'm going to try to go over, you know, in, in another podcast episode. Let me know what you guys think about this. And guys, you know, with this, I want you guys to leave me a review. I I wanted to go through all this with you, but the, and I always get DMs of people saying, hey, like, how can I repay you for all this information? Just leave a review. Just go in, leave a review, whatever, however you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. And let me know what you think of the episodes, anything I might need to change, but keep it a hundred with me. So that is it for this episode. Hopefully this is a change that you guys were able to take advantage of. But again, let your voice be heard. Make sure your companies understand the impact of this relatively small but big change. And with that, guys, I am out and I'll check you guys on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the Bear Wallet Podcast. If you learned something new during today's episode, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We would also love a rating and review as well. In closing, remember the goal is to live a better life through taking control of your money. We want our money to work hard for us so we can live the life that we've always imagined. I'll see you on the next episode.